This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022, and we're in Barcelona for Mobile Congress 2022. And this is a group podcast where we're going to talk to you about everything we liked and maybe disliked about the products announced at the show. I've got Enchel Sack next to me, and I've got Nick Gray next to him, and Rich Woods at the very end here. So let's get started. Sorry, that was a Jerry Rig everything. <laughs> so guys, yeah, um, what do you think? What is the things that stood out for you and... You know, we can go from there, and I'm sure that we'll pick them all off at some point, some way. I'll I'll do something a little bit less uh, expected. I really like the uh, Lenovo uh, X13s. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, on paper it looks great, uh, but actually, like holding it and touching it and being able to experience it, uh, I'm very excited for it. Um, it has the latest Snapdragon processor in it. Uh, it's got the ThinkPad DNA. I'm excited to see what the 5G performance is like. And yeah, I I, I think it's good, probably going to be the best-selling Windows on ARM PC ever. This is a laptop or a tablet two-in-one? It is a laptop. It is a laptop. Okay, laptop. laptop. Yeah. A proper, yeah. proper ThinkPad. Yep. Snapdragon 8CX Gen 3. Yeah. Nice. So I got a chance to play with it as well at the, at the event in New York. And... While the device itself is exciting for me, having been in the corporate world for so long and knowing what the turnaround time is to get devices like that approved, especially for new chipset within a corporate environment, I was kind of sad because the laptop's amazing, but I know corporate uptake for larger companies is probably going to be extremely slow, especially for it being Lenovo's first foray into this category with the Qualcomm chipset. I think the next one's going to sell really well. This one here is going to be like a test device for the next generation as far as larger corporations and then, you know, buying into Snapdragon versus an Intel chipset. But isn't the elephant in the room here again the fact that Microsoft is sucking at Windows on ARM? <laughs> yeah, and again, for the corporate world, it's app compatibility. Like, we all know every corporation, like, yes, they use the regular apps that we all use as well, but they build their own apps as well. They have so many in-house app development that who knows if any of their stuff will run on ARM. And so it, it's one of, they have all these legacy apps that are 10, 15 years old that they still use today for running the back ends of their systems. Can they actually do that? At, like I could totally see a sales team using these laptops, but corporate inside people who are butts in the seats in the corporate offices, I don't see something like this being... So Microsoft and Qualcomm, well, Windows 11 has x64 emulation now, yeah. right? Uh, Microsoft and Qualcomm do have a program where if you're if you have a business app that's not working properly on ARM, you can take it to them. They will help you get it running. Get it running on ARM. And obviously, I mean, it's going to be obviously it's going to be an uphill. Yeah, it's an uphill battle. Has been. I'm really excited for it. Though. Lenovo it's... absolutely has the best selling business laptop brand. They have. No, they have well, they're the number one number one laptop mm -hmm. brand. I'm not denying right. all this. I'm just playing yeah. the devil's advocate here because we've seen what Apple's done. You buy a Mac with an M1 chip and everything works. Like 99% of everything works. Yeah. And you don't have to like go to Qualcomm or Microsoft to get your app to work. Yeah, but oh, And the performance Apple is does, out of this world, right? Apple does not have those kinds of, of 
business use cases that Windows has. Correct. I know, but at so, the same time, how long did it take for us to get x 64 emulation? Way too long. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And even 32-bit emulation was really crappy. I, well, the chipsets were crappy, too. Well, I, I think the issue was it wasn't Microsoft's heart wasn't in it. And I think their 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 tack has changed. In Are the last, they really? Is yeah, it real? I, I think it's much more real now it's than ever. It is. Now. Yeah. Because they they Apple like, legitimized. I think Apple scared them. Okay. And I think not only did Apple scare them, Apple scared all their OEMs. Right. Yeah. And when you have that kind of critical mass, I feel like at this point Microsoft is all in. And on top of that, they want not only Windows to be successful and PCs, but they want all the other form factors to also be be able to take advantage of their ecosystem. So they're trying to make it more compatible, more open. We'll see how it works out. But I've never seen them as serious now as they have been in the past. And I've criticized them a lot for how I didn't feel like their heart was in it. But now I actually get the sense that they well, really do want to do it. It, it legitimately wasn't in it. I mean, they, they did Windows on ARM to light a fire under Intel. And that also worked also because we have uh, the new 12th gen processors that were announced this week. Yeah. Uh, with the hybrid arch architecture that's obviously borrowed from ARM, Arm. Arm. Yeah. So, uh, or inspired by I mean, it, I I'm just say, saying yes. that, yeah, I, I hear you on all that. I just find it's a little too little, too late. Like, really, mm -hmm. I mean, when Qualcomm started spearheading Windows on ARM, and I want to, by the way, point Six out Six years that, ago. I don't, yeah, I don't think Qualcomm's the issue here. And by the way, thanks to Qualcomm no. for lending us this room, <laughs> this meeting room, here at their booth at the FIRA in Barcelona. Thank you, folks. But I, I think, you know, for me, it's the Microsoft is the one who dropped the ball. And, and yeah. I know that they're catching up, but they're only doing it because Apple did something. And yet, you know, Qualcomm came into it going like, look at what we could do. And Microsoft was like, yeah. yeah. Well, the hardware was underpowered. Um, and that's also because uh, the PC market is very slow. I talked to Arm about that this week because the HCX Gen 3 is X1 when the Snapdragon 8 is X2. And the reason is because these companies need a chip for 12 to 18 months before they'll put it in a product. Yeah, so, yeah they so, have to do their uh, testing internally to see will right. it deliver so, the performance right. we need. So ARM announces a new design, and then Qualcomm announces a new chip that's, that's based on the previous design, just because yeah. that's how the PC market works. Cool. Well, I haven't seen that Lenovo laptop. I heard about it because Lenovo pitched me the thing by email. I, yeah. you know, it's not my core competency. I think we should talk about Oppo a little bit because I feel like the Find X5 Pro came out since the last podcast, and it is a beast, and it is expensive, and it is premium, and it goes against everything you think about when you think about like U.S. market, you know, perspective, right? Mm -hmm. More expensive than an S22 Ultra, spec-wise less than an S22 Ultra, but more premium design-wise, and it has some features that I think are really impressive that I think nobody seems to be caring about. Possibly because Apple's done it across the iPhone 13 line now, but it's the first Android phone with sensor shift stabilization. And not just that, it has both OIS and sensor shift where the sensor moves and the lens moves with it like that. It's pretty incredible. Like Apple doesn't even do that. So it, it takes care of all the lens distortion issues. And then on top of that, the sensor can rotate. So it's five axes, one axis, one, one, and then one, one right, <laughs> so it's it's pretty amazing to me. That's that's a huge progress, and with a Sony IMX seven six six at the core, that's a super solid sensor, and a glass element lens. So they've actually put real glass in there, and I have one. I've taken photos with it, and I can see the difference. I I had a Find X three Pro, which is the same sensor, 
but without the fancy, I had regular optical stabilization, but without the fancy optics, and I, I see the difference. And of course, then there is the custom ISP and the new yep. color signs with Hasselblad nice. and all that. Well, and I think the, the custom ISP is one of the features that gets talked about the least, even though Oppo wants to talk about it the most, because it is transformational as far as low light videography goes. Not so much low light photography, but the low light videography it's that you can achieve yeah. with this. It literally will light up a room when the room is completely dark. Like you see more through the camera than you can with your naked eye, which is incredible. And we've seen this before with some smartphones taking photos. Like back in the day when Pixels. HTC had their, the HTC One with its... Uh, the M7. Yeah, the M7 with its two micron pixels oh, cap yeah. capturing low light. You could take a photo and it was brighter than what your eyes could see without all these computational photography algorithms that right. we have now. And then a P30 Pro with RYYB yeah. was the next big step. Yeah, right? correct. Yeah. And so, but with this new image processing, I think they're going to, it's not going to be immediately evident that Oppo's changing the photography landscape right now. But as they roll it down to their mid-range devices, where it's going to be a lot more distributed to customers and to their Reno lineup probably in the next year or so, I think that's going to be a big change for them differentiating, saying, we have mid-range devices that can take these incredible photos. You don't have to pay 1,300 euro to get it. You might yeah. be, right? So we're yeah. going to have to wait a year for that to democratize into their other devices. But I think it's going to be amazing. I think uh, a few things I want to mention here. The, the chip is called Mary Silicon X. It's a weird name. M-A-R-I Silicon X. And it is a 6 nanometer custom-made chip. And I'm seeing some improvement in low-light performance on photography as well. Yeah, but they're not as noticeable no, no, as the video. No, it's not as drastic. But, but I think what we're seeing is what we saw with the S22 Ultra. By the way, the S22 Ultra is currently recording the video if you're watching this on Patreon. Remember, Patreon has the video version of the podcast ahead of the audio version. It's one of the tiers. Patreon.com slash tankgirl. Patreon.com slash tnkgrl. So join if you want to watch the video version and see all of us show off the phones and the camera and all that. By the way, I have the <laughs> Oppo right here. It's in a case, but you know, here we go. It's a really nice phone, but 1300 euros, yeah. 1400 US dollars for a ceramic back, which is exquisite. But you ask yourself, you know, S22 Ultra is 1200. You're going to get a discount on it no matter where you buy it. You don't have a, any telephotos on this that are worth anything. There's a 2X, but it's actually used for fusion. That's the other thing that I don't think Oppo is talking about. Yeah. They're fusing the two sensors. The reason that little 13 megapixel 2X telephoto looks janky is because, and because it doesn't have OIS, is like, you're like, why? Well, it's actually not taking the photos. It's assisting the main sensor at taking 2X, 3X and portrait photos. Yeah. And I don't think beyond 3X, it's anything to talk about. And that's why if you have an S22 Ultra, you're, you know, you're laughing in terms of telephoto and you're laughing at a lower price point. But I think this is a much more pleasant to hold phone than the massive oh, yeah. note-like device. It's, it's right. not quite as wide. It's not, it's and, the same tallness. And it's the, thinner. The and I mean, it's a pretty, like you, I, you know, a lot of people don't understand the money, but I think it, 
You know, premium is a thing. People will pay for that experience of ceramics, stainless steel, the whole shebang. So, and in this market, like Europe, Asia, that's a totally acceptable thing. We're, you know, we're used to all our flagships to being subsidized to death, trading values, bring one, get one, and all that. That doesn't happen. Shout out to Oppo, by the way, for flying us out and putting us up in a hotel for MWC. So good for them. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think I've done all the thank yous now, but, um, what else did you find interesting about this phone? I know you have one, Nick. I don't know if you Mine's have Mine's waiting for me at home. <laughs> yeah, I haven't Is used Ryan going to hook you up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a good device. The other thing, it also has 85-watt fast charging. Like, yeah. everyone was super excited that the Galaxy S22 Ultra had 45-watt, and this is it. Eighty-five, not eighty-five. Is it eighty or eighty-five? Like something like and that. And then they just announced that the one hundred fifty, the one plus, and then they announced two forty, and then they announced two forty. Yeah. So just uh, so you can follow here at yeah. home because you weren't at MWC, um, Apple and Realme also announced uh, faster than hundred watt charging, which 100. is not new. We've had one hundred twenty on some devices. This is one hundred forty, one hundred fifty. Right now, that's coming this year right. with two fifty. In the pipeline, two correct or two forty in the pipeline. So they they said fifteen minutes to charge your phone uh, on one hundred and fifty watts. Nine minutes at two hundred and forty watts. It, it was seventeen the, minutes at one hundred and twenty watts when I tried it on yeah. the Xiaomi Eleven T. So I already experienced that and I tested it. It's ridiculous. I waited <laughs> yeah. for the phone to shut down. I plugged it in. Seventeen minutes, literally. And so, oh, so with the new minutes. charging technology, they also announced a new battery management system that to increase to, to manage the 150 watt charging and eventually the 240 watt charging so that it doesn't kill your battery but with it they are actually changing the chemistries of their batteries to have a healing component to it so that a regular smartphone typically lasts between 700 and 800 charge cycles before right. you deplete the battery to 80 percent correct and that's considered the life of the battery yeah you can use it for longer than that if you want but 80 percent is kind of the industry standard for that's the lowest it should go they're saying now with this new chemistry and the battery management system they're going to take that from 800 charge cycles to 1600 charge cycles essentially giving you a battery that shouldn't get to the, down to 80 percent until you reach five years four and a half to five years that's pretty good insane and i think necessary you know Coming from the EV side where a lot of that is already happening, yeah. you know, you're actively managing the battery. Sometimes they're depleting it a bit on purpose mm -hmm. and then they're refilling it a bit on purpose just to kind of like balance out the sounds and stuff. Up, yeah. Like all that stuff. Remember, all these phones that charge at more than 65 watt right now have a dual pipe. So they're, they're charging two separate batteries in parallel. And these batteries are then put in series to generate uh, when the phone is actually being used. So it's a very interesting setup and it's the only way you're going to do it. You can't do it with a single cell, you'd blow it up. So, you know, the other thing to mention on the Oppo Find X5 Pro is 50 watt wireless charging, which we've had before, but this is a, still a huge number. Yeah. And there's some crazy other numbers we're going to talk about Honor in a minute about uh, wireless charging at 100 watts. I don't know how they do that without lighting a fire. <laughs> it's also sucking down a lot of power from the wall. Definitely, because, because you're probably the efficiency. But um, overall, for me, I the, I've basically been using the Find X5 Pro as my kind of main phone for the whole event. And I'm really happy with the photos. I'm happy with the user experience. It's nice and fast. Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. Oh, they also announced a MediaTek Dimensity 9000 version of the phone yeah. for China only. So in China, you have a choice of processors. You still get the Mary Silicon X ISP. And you get a Dimensity 9000 or a Snapdragon HN1. This is technically the first 
uh, nine thousand four. Yeah. And you know, the rumors up to to uh, the launch of the Find X5 series was that the X5 non-Pro was going to get the Dimensity 9000, but it got right. an 8 Gen 1 as well, yeah. which is interesting. Um, so, you know, I think Apple is really positioning themselves up market in the Find X for the last three years, and they're continuing. I told them they need kind of to make an ultra version that has like, or, you know, whatever, Pro Plus, that has like a, a beefy telephone, like an Folded lens of some kind. You love your telephoto lenses. I, I do too. So do I. I. Mean, yeah. I mean, it's like, no, it's, it's not just it. that. It's just look at what we're recording with here. This yeah, is yeah. a $1,200 phone. Don't yeah. mess about, Oppo. Yeah, like, yeah, you can't absolutely. stay behind, right? And that's why that rumor of a OnePlus phone coming yeah. with 150 watt charging, to me, justifies all the rumors we've heard of a OnePlus 10 Ultra with mm. potentially a periscope telephoto. Yeah. Because it has to. Because the 10 Pro, by the way, the 10 Pro is here. The global version is Oxygen OS. I got to play with it. It feels just like a 9 Pro, aesthetically different. Well, and just so you know, the device that they're showing the charging demo on, that is the next OnePlus phone. Okay. That yeah. is the one. It's, it's, it's in a dummy shell. It's in a dummy shell. Do you shell. see the lenses in the back? Anything? No, it's no, in a it's dummy shell. It's completely covered. Yeah, it's completely covered. But that is the next OnePlus phone using for the so demo. It's here. For the, it's here. So we should get it. <laughs> yeah. You should go steal it. No, so I, I was playing with the demo and one of the OnePlus guys came over and he's like, just so you know, that's that's the phone that's the phone but it, it it's not the final build or anything like that final software and you know fi final but internals of the device is is the one plus so for a lot of us this has been our first experience with the one plus 10 pro even though it's been out in china for a while and now with oxygen os it's been announced it's official it's coming sometimes in march we don't know when you don't get too excited if you play with a one plus nine pro you're pretty much getting the same experience with a snapdragon 8 gen 1 and instead you're getting a lesser a lesser ultra wide that's 150 degrees up to 150 degrees it's different modes so you know that's what you're getting so i don't think that's the phone for you and knowing my audience so maybe this 150 watt 10 ultra whatever is going to be happening 10 i mean pro i mean the oneplus 10 pro still charges extremely fast oh it's I mean, great no and i honestly with it though i honestly do love the design of the phone the, cam good. the camera module on the back yeah. definitely looks yeah. a lot better than the 9 pro does Agreed. they've done something unique they've kind of taken something out of samsung's designs where from last year where the camera module was built into the frame and they just like extended it over half the back of the phone made yeah. it bigger and bulkier uh, and I love the design that Samsung did last year and, you know, continued on this year as well uh, to see, you know, OnePlus do that as well. OnePlus phones the last couple of years have looked kind of meh. And this this one doesn't look like a lot of people are worried about the integration of OnePlus into Oppo. This does not this look one, like an Oppo yeah, phone this looks at all. Unique, yeah. This looks like a OnePlus phone completely separate from Oppo. There are some challenges, though, with that design because apparently it folds in half. Have you seen the video yeah, from, from uh, Zach? Zach, go watch the Jerry Rig Everything video. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not. He put a lot of pressure on it. I'm not but. here to be yeah. a pain about this stuff. I don't think it matters to the average user, but it is interesting that the industrial design of that phone is dictating some structural weaknesses that are making this phone way easier to bend than normal. Well, I, I think it's the placement of some of the separations in the metal band right, for the, the antennas. 100%. And it's the exact placement of it where it just puts a weakness right and, where you would bend and it. And I yeah. think that as much as I'm not worried about it, it's my job as a journalist to mention it. Yeah. So 
I'm excited to see what this new OnePlus brings because, you know, we're going to review it this month, I hope sometime, the 10 Pro, and I don't think we're going to come away super amazed because we've already used the Find X5 Pro, which is partially in, you know, some, some of the elements of the OnePlus 10 Pro and the Realme GT2 Pro, Pro, which I also have, which also has 150 degree ultra wide and I think a 766 of some kind yep, for, main for, for the main sensor. So yeah. it's it's kind of, they're all very much similar, right? For OnePlus, and I think they've lost this conversation the last couple of years, but it was always the right price, the right features at the right price that made, lost it, the price, made it stand out. And they, the last couple of years, really they've lost the price. The price. The question is, can they bring it back with the 10 Pro? Do you want to show it a little closer to the camera? Yes. Yeah, it's good. There you go. Right. Uh, that is real me. This is nice, 649. Right? 649 euros. And it doesn't have wireless charging, does it? No. I don't think it does. So, no, the it one, does so you're missing some stuff. Also, okay. it's an aluminum build, but the back is kind of a plasticky paper mm -hmm. thing. Which is fine because it feels really nice. Reminds yeah, me yeah. of the OnePlus 9 oh. Pro. <laughs> you get the nice it color. Does this looks like a OnePlus 9 Pro except for this okay. little bump over right. here, right? The plastic build, though, reminds me of the Nokia days. So it's <laughs> not... They said it's not plastic. No, no. That, it's some sort of like recyclable material. It's yeah, a recyclable it's material. Plastic -ish. It's plastic-ish. <laughs> Personally, I do love the feel of it. The textured yeah, yeah. feel of it. It's got yeah. this... Pattern on the back. Yeah, they said how many, how many cuts there is, like 5,000-something cuts on, cuts and, on the you back. Know, it's, it's Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. It's a metal chassis. You're getting fast charging mm -hmm. of some kind. I don't remember what it is. Uh, 65. 65. 65, yeah. yeah. You're getting you know, lots of RAM and storage. This is a solid flagship. Yeah. Speaking of displays, by the way, the 10 Pro OnePlus and this phone and the Oppo Find X5 Pro all share the same display. It's a... Uh, AMOLED LTPO 1 to 120 hertz, so yep. completely variable. Uh, super bright, like 1,000 plus nits on all three yep. of them. Very, slightly variations. It's, it's surprising that there's variations in the brightness nits between them. I think that's a software yeah. calibration. Yeah, it's a, right? and I'm like, why wouldn't you just make it the Durability same across all or whatever price point, you know? Maybe. I think, look, it, these, this is, you know, this is BBK Group. It's the same company. So I think it's interesting. I think if you're looking for the best budget option like the best bang for your buck we talk about that price though 649 euros right? and then the non-pro is 449 it, it doesn't have uh, a telephoto though yeah i know so yeah. that's the one thing like, yeah it has the, the micro camera you know even yeah. though the fine x5 pro has a kind of on paper spec-wise crammy telephoto it does fusion with that uh mm -hmm. isp to actually get some pretty decent 2x and 3x photos the the digital zoom on this because it is the 766 it's pretty good it's pretty good right. and it, it promising 3x and and digital zoom. yeah and so I, they do have on-screen 2x digital zoom you just tap the button and it does it i there's so many phones that still don't have that digital zoom button i'm like at least give me a 2x yeah because a 2X. it's just crop it in and give me something especially when you have a 50 megapixel sensor like right. i can live with a 25 yeah, megapixel image 100%. right oh yeah. completely how could, you, how, could you how, how could i survive it's actually technically four times oh. less so it's 12.5 even so <laughs> pixel phones are taking 12 megapixel exactly. photos Perfect. Right? Yep. and you know remember too folks that some most of the isps today like use some smart algorithms that do sub-pixel interpolation where like your hand motion like pixels did the first 
to do that, but everybody's kind of doing it now, yeah. where your hand moves a little bit as you're holding the phone and it, it stacks those pictures, right? It's taking a whole bunch in space and then all of a sudden it like, gets slightly different pixels every time. And it's doing and so the noise it, reduction it at the same time. Uh, and stitch a picture out of that that's higher resolution than the sensor resolution at that zoom level. Now you can be stupid and just interpolate nearest neighbor, and and basically that's how the worst zooms are done. That's the old school digital yeah. zoom. So that's what the Realme is doing. The OnePlus 10 Pro has a proper 3x telephoto optically stabilized, and it uses that just as is. And then the Oppo Find X5 Pro does something even crazier, where it fuses, and the fusion is that you have. The center of the 50 megapixel, like the zoomed part, and then you take the data from the 13 megapixel and you compare them, and you basically pick the detail from the 50 and the, you know, the well, kind it's, of, it's getting the light from the detail and the light from the 50, 50 and correct. fusing it to the, the pixels, pixels of the 13. 13. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And so we're going to see more on that. I think that the Honor Magic 4 Pro we're about to talk has that. That's something Huawei pioneered with the P40 series. Mm -hmm. I never understood why the P40 only had eight megapixel telephotos until I realized they're doing fusion. Right. They're not actually using, they don't need that <clears throat> resolution on the telephotos. If you, if you look at most modern camera systems now, the, the camera systems are, are slowly becoming just one giant soft camera where, where physical lenses and sensors are no longer relevant and the, the complete software solution that incorporates all sensors and lenses together is really what, what the camera has become. Yeah, but I still think we're not seeing that systematically. Like, for example, this phone is still just using smart zooming, but not using sensor fusion. And even the OnePlus isn't doing it. And, you know, I think five years from now, it'll become place. But I don't think even iPhone, I don't think Apple's using it yet. You know, they're, they're just putting solid hardware and just yeah. putting their ISP well, on each sensor. Separately, you select the, the sensor. This is true, but like Apple, I, I wouldn't put Apple in the same conversation as some of these Android OEMs because Apple takes the simple approach. Right. They, they give you the best hardware possible to take, do the task and they keep the software as simple as possible. In the last couple of years, they've been doing more computational Patient photography, yeah. but they're compared to, especially Google, their computational photography is really far behind and they'll get there eventually, but they just take the slow approach. Like, What's the next best sensor we can do? And that will solve the problem versus Google's approach with the Pixel devices using the same sensor, what, three years in a row? <laughs> saying, hey, this is a crappy 12 megapixel sensor that was a mid-range sensor two years before they put it in the first Pixel. And we're going to give this thing a lifespan of five years. But look at these photos. We can take amazing photos with it because we can tweak the software to our heart's content. 100%. No, look, I'm just pointing out that really, if you look at it right now, it's Huawei. Honor and Oppo and who else is doing a sensor fusion? This is it, right? I, gotta, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if anybody else. Xiaomi is. Xiaomi did on the Mi 11, yeah, Mi 11 Ultra, did. yeah. Right. And, and that's okay. It's just that um, I want to see it like it'll go get, down to the mid-range. It'll get democratized to the mid-range within a year or two. Do you think it's the reason why Oppo did their own silicon there? What do you think? You are well, kind of into that. The thing is, is that when you look at the ISPs in these Snapdragon processors, it is technically possible. The, the SDKs are there, the hardware hooks are there, you can do it. I think the issue is it probably requires a lot of manpower and a lot of QA and just creating a very complex camera system. And I think when you look at companies like Oppo, which I was going to talk about is 
they they have really leaned into their R and D and spending the time and money on specific technology that improves the overall smartphone experience, like the charging, like the camera systems. And I think they built the Mary Silicon because one, it lets them have their own roadmap for the ISP, but also they can be SOC agnostic on the ISP. And they, they can, can put it on a MediaTek or a Qualcomm 100%. and get the same experience. Yeah. Like we've seen them across the board of their different brands, right? With Realme, Oppo, OnePlus, kind of the same color science for yeah. their image processing. And you you can look at the camera apps and you're like, the camera app is the same app and you have the AI enhanced button on the right hand side. But that's a good thing because if they de develop it for a high end device, they can port it down to the lower end devices and not have to spend the engineering work. But usually if you look at other brands, the mid range devices have bad cameras, right? The image processing just isn't there. If you look at a Motorola device and take a photo, you're like, what are okay, they okay. thinking? I, I, I want to point out that somebody tweeted at my on my timeline about last week's show where we reviewed the Red Magic 7. And my words were in the podcast that the Red Magic 7 barely meets what my minimum requirements are in imaging, which is a Motorola phone. <laughs> and so we're doing it again. We're, we're comparing Moto no, as the baseline, the baseline of, of the worst possible but still but acceptable it performance. It is. I mean, they, they haven't know? proven themselves as far as comparing to anybody else on the market. They're, I mean, they focus on mid-range and low-end devices. And so people buying those mm -hmm. phones aren't expecting an amazing camera. So but I love that we're using it as a benchmark now. <laughs> yeah, we're like, know. okay, so you want a mediocre but passable camera system? Here's a moto. Here's a moto of any kind. You're good to go. The Red Magic 7 fits the bill there. And But here we're way beyond that. We're, right? way, we're steps ahead. Yeah, and, and so to me, what's interesting with the Oppo Find X5 Pro <laughs> is that it's a Hasselblad branded yet. And it's, you know, the color science from Oppo has always been my favorite of the BBK group. Although Realme has inherited that lately. And OnePlus, last year with the 9 Pro, I haven't shot with the 10 Pro, so I don't know yet, but with the 9 Pro last year, I didn't feel the color science was no. as good as the Find X3 Pro. No. Yet it was Hasselblad branded. Yet with the Find X5 Pro this year, which is also Hasselblad branded, I'm not seeing Hasselblad. I am seeing more Oppo's of color science <laughs> with a few tweaks. I don't understand with this Hasselblad thing. Is it just a sticker at this point? Because it feels that way. So I had a conversation with Oppo yesterday about this. And basically, we were really hammering them hard about the Hasselblad thing. And they were saying that basically the different brands get to choose different things that Hasselblad offers. What are they the Oppo group? Though? So like color science. Right. Um, my understanding is some algorithms in terms mm. of image processing, so like software. image quality. So yeah, my understanding yeah. is all software, yeah, but yeah. there are different pieces of the equation that they can choose from, from different brands and that mm. they are letting the brands stay different in how they approach these things. So that we're not trying to compare Oppo against OnePlus in a camera because they're trying to accomplish different things. So, yeah. All I'm saying is the Oppo Find X5 Pro, like the Find X3 Pro before it, have phenomenal color science. Hasselblad branding or not, last year's 9 Plus 9 Pro was good, but not didn't, didn't do it for me.
So I'm really hoping the 10 Pro this year, kind of now that Oppo and OnePlus are one, inherit some of that color yeah. science, then I can feel like the Hasselblad branding is justified. I, I'm, I'm hoping for that too. That's why I was really upset they wouldn't let me take pictures with the OnePlus 10 Pro. I just wanted to play with it and you know see if it's a little better because I was not impressed with the OnePlus So I have Pro. the Realme here. I have the Realme, a $335 phone from Realme, the 9 Pro Plus. Okay. IMX 766, optically stabilized. And color science is Oppo. It is, it is a Realme phone. It is a $335 phone with a MediaTek Dimensity 920. And the photos I'm getting out of there are blowing my freaking mind. They are, like, I feel like I'm shooting for, uh, with a flagship because 766, they've got the 766 so well harnessed now yeah. that they're just giving us all the love. And so if you're looking for an imaging beast that's not too expensive and you don't live in the US after about the 5G bands and all that, I cannot recommend the Realme. 9 Pro Plus, specifically the Plus, it's the only one with 766 in the OIS. But at that price point, you know, there's very few phones with OIS. There's the uh, iPhone SE 2020, there is uh, the, the Pixels, the, the, the 5A, older Pixels, and yeah. the 4A, yeah. right? And that's it. There's nobody else. Oh, sorry, sorry. TCL, Brad, hi, sorry. The TCL 20 Pro from last year, but that has a bad imaging by the way. They're, they're, that's they're imaging processing. Yeah. yeah, that's Motorola grade. <laughs> no. Can't keep saying. <laughs> it's Motorola grade. Motorola is going to hate us. I was going to yeah. say, someone, someone's going to come after you. <laughs> yeah. No, look, they know, they know how I feel. And they have a chance to prove themselves because since last week, they we didn't talk flagship. about it. They announced the mm -hmm. Moto Edge Plus again. 2022. Yeah. 2022. They're just and, adding the year okay. after the name of the phone. Not exclusive to Verizon. Do you want me to time. give Moto some love right now? This is honestly from my heart. You've checked all the boxes of things that were missing on the previous phone that pissed me off and you fixed them. So on paper, you're doing the right thing. I just hope you can deliver imaging yes, performance that is not Moto. Okay? Like... We'll have to wait and see. The, it looks like they will be able to do something better than what they have. The question is, is the image processing going to be right. a step up? Because they need that step up. So let's talk about it. Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. Yes. It has wireless charging. Oh, my God. Finally. I can't it, believe that's they a big deal. Wireless charging. <laughs> right? right? Nope. They had it on the Edge Plus. plus. Edge Plus. Two years ago. Two years. The last yeah. Edge, but the one that we just got at the yeah. baseball game, was a piece of junk phone that I wanted to break <laughs> right, it regular right edge. in front yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, the Edge. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. This has 144 hertz, but it's not an LCD. It's an AMOLED, like what we wanted, right? Mm -hmm. So that's good. I don't think it's an LTPO, but it's mm -hmm. a high refresh rate AMOLED. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a high refresh. It, it is variable, but I think it goes down to 10 or something. Like, I'll so have to check the spec. One of my checkboxes was why it's charging. Another one was mm -hmm. why the hell did you put an LCD in there? Give us an AMOLED and fix that. And now we have OIS on the main camera. Oh, like, so they're listening. They and are listening. also pen integration. It's, yeah, but it's not in the silo. It's not in they silo, totally but, but they have a case that comes with, and it's, right. it's a thick pen too. But they have a case that allows you to carry the pen along with it, you. It never works though. Yeah, like, see? Having a pen in a case, yeah, just there's a reason why there's a pen in the new S22 Ultra because when, the, when it was on the 21 and it just made the phone like an inch wider. Yeah. I just yeah. want to say and no one wants to carry a pen. I can't see the screen of the S22 Ultra right now, but if you see it moving, it's because the S22 Ultra is having a chuckle right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's got its silo for its pen. Look, I, 
I like the pen support. I just I like really pen support wish too. Should have just been and Motorola's done that before. Kind of like a sneaky pen support. Well, the, like the, the, stylus, the, the G stylus. The G stylus. The Moto Z four had pen support. And they didn't even tell anybody. Oh, that's right. I they remember are. reviewing <laughs> it, and I tried like a digital from the surface, and it just worked. It yeah. Um, but look, I think the thing about this Moto is that the prices were, got me a little worried. At least the unlocked version, which is not really what we're going to be focusing on in the US, but it's going to be $999 or something like that. Like, I don't know if that's fact, but I think that's kind of a rumor I'm hearing. And at that price, you know, again, S22 Ultra, it's, it's kind of, you're going to get a discount on this phone. But, but there are rumors, strong rumors. My little finger told me is a Verizon version coming, of course, with millimeter wave without changes so no no features taken away by the evil carriers that will cost less because it'll be heavily subsidized subsidized so there are other the, carrier versions coming too later oh they are yeah. well there you go you so heard maybe, that from you little thing yeah maybe maybe 90 day exclusive they didn't tell me that but i would assume yeah so the is, so what i've heard is this is going to be their first device that they're truly going to be pushing at u.s carriers to get back into stores and in front of consumers yeah. because Moto's, Moto's been building up their brand in the U.S. They've gained a lot of market share within the past year. They're getting a lot of more recognition, but they still don't have a flagship tier device every store that you go to. Yeah. Verizon's been the only one that you can go in and browse and like, hey, there's a Moto device. But yep. like next to a Galaxy S22, they're hoping that's going to you know expand with the other carriers. They haven't announced it, but yeah, there's been rumors that... There might be something on Timo as well, and oh, maybe, good, some, good. maybe something on AT and T. I'm I'm just excited to, to see that they're listening and they're fix the check boxes that I wanted. There's only one checkbox I didn't check, and I'm not going to be upset at this point. Plastic chassis, in the sense that the frame is not an aluminum machine frame. It's a it's a some sort of Kevlar like they've been using, which is going to be very robust and glass back still. So okay, so good, very good. Like I want, I'm looking forward to this fall. Especially if they can get the camera beyond the baseline Moto, Moto G. Is that what our baseline is? Any Moto sure. G? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? I, because I, mm, they're kind of getting worse. The new 50 megapixel that they're putting the super cheap Omnivision or whatever they're putting mm -hmm. in their new Moto G phones, the 4G phones, is being really horrific. Like worse than the 12 or 13 megapixel. Because it's brand new, they haven't tuned it. So it's like double the... The badness, right? Mm -hmm. It's like motor baseline plus bad tuning on a new sensor. Anyway. Will you allow me to switch the topic up to another thing that I really liked at the show? For sure. Yeah. The He's Huawei. The I got to say what he liked. <laughs> yeah, you haven't said what you like, but the Huawei Super Device. Were you able to check that out? I, I just don't get it. Like, it's boring as F to me. Like, <laughs> as, as somebody who is at their computer all day long and I have phones but and you don't have any Huawei stuff no but exactly. hear me out exactly Android Android users have always been jealous of iPhone users and the integration that you get when you're on the Apple platform being able to use an iPad to extend your screen from a Mac in order to do things to be able to drag and drop files between devices things like that somehow Huawei was you know kicked out of Google's version of Android mm -hmm. and came back to the table saying, screw you, we created this unique ecosystem where I can drag and drop connectivity between devices. I can pair a speaker by dragging and dropping on my screen. I can unpair a mouse by dragging and dropping on the screen. I can pair a mouse from my laptop to a tablet by dragging and dropping. And it's just this seamless, cohesive user experience that we've 
Google's not given us, they own Chrome, they own yeah. Android, we don't have it. Microsoft's given us some integration with Android yeah. devices. This takes things to this next level. And I was not expecting, I was at the Huawei booth, I was expecting it to be janky as hell. It is smooth and it like okay. Microsoft should be taking note. Because and, they, it's with and, Windows, with Android. And Samsung and Moto, Every, which has, like, they all have pieces of that, right? Exactly. Dex, and then what's the Moto thing called? Ready for. Ready for. Ready for. And then there is, uh, as you said, there's a Windows. What is the Windows one? Microsoft. Your phone? Your, your phone. phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, then, your phone yeah, is like but, the least competent yes. of them all. So yeah, exactly. Created, that's exactly. That's, that's Microsoft. If Microsoft thing. puts out that piece of crap and then Huawei comes out with this, that's super smooth. I'm like, what the hell is Microsoft doing? Well, well, Google, or Google, Google, what's right? actually funny is Intel bought a company that does a similar kind of yes. integration. I forget the name of the company, but Dell uses it in their Alienware and in their Dell PCs to connect your smartphone and mirror your smartphone. Oh, mobile connect? Yeah, yeah, the mobile yeah. connect. So they and that went iPhones. So Intel bought that. So I think okay. you're going to start seeing that on PCs across all OEMs. And yeah. maybe, maybe Microsoft will get involved, so we'll get even deeper integration. I'm but. surprised there's not some software maker because the, the software and the integration can be done. Why isn't there some software maker, maybe Adobe, saying, make it part of Creative Cloud and create this, and it works with all phones, not just a Moto device that can connect to a Lenovo laptop yeah, yeah. or you know, a, you know, a Dell thing that connects to a I specific think, device I or think a they Huawei. Call it Creative Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like some company has to be out there that that sees this as a market and be like, you can sell this. I'd pay a hundred bucks for it, right? Or if it was a two dollar monthly subscription. I'm glad you get you explained how cool it was to experience because mm -hmm. during the briefing with Huawei, I was literally falling asleep during that part. Really? I was like, this is the most boring thing you possibly ever show me. What they're it's, you got to see it. You got to see it. It doesn't mean it's unnecessary. So, so they have their, just, you know. they they have their tablet right next to it, and they have the the PC in the middle and the smartphone on the side, and even with the smartphone. So some of some of these software things allow you to mirror the so smartphone screen. This allows you to have three apps from the smartphone side by side on the PC. So you can multitask three apps from the smartphone on your PC. So why do you need a PC again? I don't know. Well, I'm just plugging a <laughs> monitor into your phone no, and then have three apps on the monitor. You don't understand from Huawei's perspective, it's a super device. It's a super it's device. It's one device, but it's just whatever interface you're using at the time. So it could be a PC, it could be a phone, it could be a tablet. That's their perspective. And what they're doing is they're focusing on what they can control because there's so much that they can't right now. Like there's no Google services anymore. They just announced a bunch of PCs with last gen process an all-in-one without yeah. dedicated graphics. I mean, so, you know, super yeah. device, you know, it sounds like, uh, you know, it's not going to satisfy the U.S. government very much. No, 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 no not, <laughs> not at all. And just to be clear, the best place for you to buy these is China. Yeah, yeah. Right? Bum, like, boom. Wait, did they also announce a printer? They yes, also they have, have a printer. printer. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah, I they, they also it. have a printer. Do they have an air purifier that plugs to this? Oh, Huawei's, uh, Huawei's had air purifiers for a long time. Yeah, yeah, so I don't think yeah. it's part of the super device yet. Yet. <laughs> super bot reunite. Because, because with the super, they, they uh, have an interface. They announced a new Bluetooth speaker. And you can connect and disconnect oh. the Bluetooth speakers with the super device interface. That's why there was a bunch of Bluetooth speakers. Yeah. I saw so, I was like... Why are they promoting Bluetooth speakers? So and so, much? with the oh. Bluetooth speakers, you can connect multiple Bluetooth speakers to one device, and so you can create surround sound. You're like, I have two Bluetooth speakers. Let's put them on. Sonos would like to have a patent discussion <laughs> with you now. <laughs> well, Probably. Um, speaking of the uh, the all-in-one, 
I thought it was really sleek and clean. Like I like the design. I just didn't realize it doesn't have discrete graphics. Yeah, no <laughs> discrete graphics. But they make it's like a, an they ultra book inside of inside a display. They make a three by two 28 inch monitor called the Mate View. It's incredible. You got one, right? Yeah, I have one. So it's like the 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 Mate Station X is like the monitor, but with a, a Ryzen seven H series processor inside. So I'd rather just use my own computer with that monitor. Yeah. Speaking of Huawei, and I, it's a bad segue probably, but let's talk about Honor. <laughs> oh man! Because can I, can well. Can I bring up one more thing about Huawei, though? <laughs> no, 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 because one thing I thought was really interesting, they're bringing the Huawei app gallery to Windows. Yes, that was um, one of their other announcements. Yeah. They wouldn't tell me how. Why they wouldn't they even admit to using the Windows subsystem for Android. Why? What are they trying to achieve? <laughs> the, the, the more people ecosystem. using the app ecosystem. Yeah. 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 So are, do, are they allowed to use the Windows Store in China, though? Yes, they are, because they nobody are. cares are. about IP in China. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm I, I wasn't aware. Microsoft is okay in, in I don't know. China. I'm just being snarky. Look, I think the, the bottom line to me here is that I love that Huawei is trying to, you know, do some cool stuff. Like, they're in a really difficult position. I've, they are, I feel yeah. really bad for them. They're doing some really nice stuff. I've got a P50 Pro finally that came in. I need to unbox it because it was just before MWC. All the phones, like literally 30 phones arrived last week. And I didn't know what to do with them. So I picked a few of them, unboxed them, and took them to uh, Barcelona. But I literally have like the GT2 Pro that you have in your hand there from Realme waiting on my desk. Yeah. I have a P50 Pro waiting on my desk. You're going to like it. I have a, speaking of Moto baseline photography, I have a Moto G Stylus 4G sitting on my desk. I have a bunch of other stuff. So the reality is I'm really looking forward to see what the imaging does on the P50 Pro because I believe I'm still going to be blown away. I was, and, you know, I was pretty impressed with the uh, P50 Pocket. Yeah. Because I hadn't had a chance mm -hmm. to play with it. You went to the booth? Yeah, I went to the booth. It's like really, the the design is very premium. They're like, you know, etching on the outside, on the on the fingerprint uh, yeah. friendly uh, outside. And it really feels very like a competitive product against the flip. Um, the ish, And it has more cameras on the outside. But without Google mobile services kind of... It's it's limited. It's a China China only device. Yeah. So we need to talk about Honor because there's a this this Huawei connection. How to put it? I have been joking for months that I don't know, like that in the back of my mind, I'm constantly reminded that Honor came out of Huawei and that the connection isn't broken. Like that's my concern, and and I joke about it because I really want to be fair and believe that they are. Two separate companies but every time i see a device or a presentation or the technology they're using like the super fast charging that we're going to talk about or the camera fusions technology we're going to talk about for this honor phone i'm like this is huawei stuff and and i know you inherited a lot of it but it's two years ago yeah like yeah. to me like when i look at the industrial design of this gorgeous honor Magic 4 Pro, other than the camera bomb, which is very unique, although it does remind me of the Porsche design Mate the, 40 Pro. Uh, the Porsche design, yeah. I want to say, like, you look at the aluminum chassis, the rails, the way the display waterfalls around, and you're like, this is a P40 Pro design. And, and I feel it's weird that after two years, they haven't been able to, like, crank their own stuff there. Well, so here's the thing, though. Like, yes, there's a lot of hereditary things coming along through the process but also you have to remember the de designers and, and the engineers that are building these phones 
were building these phones to look this way when they were still under the Huawei. So it's not like the engineers woke up one day and said, scrap all the designs we've ever done and let's start fresh, which I think a lot of us would appreciate. But they're like, we've honed these designs for years. We're just going to continue to iterate on the same design language. And eventually you'll see a separation. But like if... If you had a twin that was doing the same thing as you, the more time you spend apart, the less similar you get, right? And But it takes years to make that transition. And, you know, we all know it takes 18 months to develop a phone from concept to yeah. when it actually hits the market. So yeah. we're finally seeing the first step away from Huawei. For sure. But it's, it's not a huge step away, but it's slightly. I, I was looking at the phone. I was like... The DNA, there's still correlation there, but it's less than the last couple phones that we've seen from Honor yeah, that well, are replicas. I, I, I want to remind everyone, like devices. I know that, that you know, Honor's not going to be happy for me to remind you, but the, the Honor 50 and the Nova 9 are the, same from, are the exact same phone. Like they are the exact same phone. They're running the exact same software as one as GMS and has a different name. Like down to the animations in the software, it is uncanny. And you know, that was this summer. So like last summer. So I'm like, that's a year and a half into the separation of the companies. Feels weird to me. I'm like, why not? You could have reskinned the software, change the animations. But we know how Anytime a reskin happens, we know how janky the first generation of reskinning is. Do they want to worry about reskinning something? What about the chassis being identical, the hardware being identical? But, but that's, again, that goes to this phone was in development for 18 months, mm. right? Like, yeah. the, I think those those ones we saw last summer and last fall were the last of, these were already in development before they announced the separation. Right. This one here feels slightly different, and the next one will be slightly more different. So speaking of it, it's a Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. It's got a ton of RAM and storage. It has an incredible camera system. 50 megapixel main with OIS, 50 megapixel ultra wide. It's got a 64 megapixel telephoto folded lens periscope. Is 3. that a 5? 3.5. 3. 3. I've heard different things here. 3.5 for 3. 3.5 is what I said yeah. in my video, actually. It, it is 3.5, and I was expecting, if you're doing a folded lens, you should be it's doing at least, least four. It's his, like, four or five. Yeah. It's a Z depth thing. Like the, the yeah. Pixel 6 Pro has a 4X and yeah. it's a 48 megapixel and they had to do a folded lens because of the, the you, Z know, axis, you gotta yeah. put the axis somewhere. So I'm not surprised, but that camera should be bonkers good because it's got mm. the crazy prism OIS thing where it's like OIS on the sensor uh, end of the lens and the on the prism end of the lens. It does mm. both. Uh, seems to be grim. I'm going to do a shameless yeah. plug here. I was able to use the device for a couple hours and I captured photos and videos from it. So I'm going to be doing a camera test video. So if you <laughs> want to see the photos, go to Fandroid and you'll be able to see the... There you go. And, Thanks. And so far, like taking the photos, the selfie camera was the only thing that seemed a little bit disappointing. And with, it's two, right? It's got an ultra wide and a regular? It, no, it has a, a 3D 3D and 3D a sensor. 3D um, and a regular, yeah. The dynamic range just didn't seem up to par, but it is still pre-production software. The phones, they haven't announced the launch date yet, so they have still time to work things out. But as far as rear cameras go, it looked, oh, so far on the photos that I've looked at, it looked really good. There's another lens, and it's, I think, a depth sensor of some kind, like an 8 I, megapixel. Yeah, I think it was. A, a time of flight sensor. Time of flight, okay. Time of flight, go. 3D time of flight sensor. So, I mean, I think this is going to be a pretty interesting camera system. We're going to get devices. We promise as soon as there's a global version, we'll get our hands on one. 
5G, of course, you know, and then, and then here's the kicker, 100 watt wired and wireless charger. Like, yeah. wow. Like, how do you do that? That's part of why well, wired, I actually, fine, but wired. I actually took a picture of the wireless charger because I just wanted to see how thick it was. Because it's <laughs> so probably got to be a fan. It's got to have active cooling. And it's probably got some, like, tons of capacitors in it just so that, like, it can stay discharge alive. that fast. Yeah, yeah right. Well, I'm assuming maybe with 100 watt wireless charging, there's dual coils on the inside. It's got to be. Yeah, there has well, to be. Yeah, like, one, there for has each, to be. one for each battery, actually. Yeah, yeah. so there, there has to be dual coils on the inside so that they can absorb that wireless power that yep. quickly. Yeah, cool. Well, anyway, this phone is amazing. And the price is like, wow. Like, okay, not Oppo Find X5 Pro, wow, because that's 1,300 euros. This is 1,100 euros. That's a lot of money for Honor. I mean, we're used to Honor being kind of like real me back in the day, you know, uh, you younger, you know, millennial, right. whatever, Gen Z or type the, phones. The scrappy startup. Yeah. Your little sibling. What? what? Yeah. But it's not that now. They're really, because, you know, with Huawei being dropped out of the equation, really being able to scale up phones, even in China. Honor is seeing that as an opportunity and they're jumping in. And I do hope that they continue making mid I told high on this. I hope they can make more mid rangers still because they made some really great phones with great features at a really good price before. I was also going to say during the presentation, they made it very clear that they're growing extremely fast. Right. Yes. And I have a feeling that part of the reason why things haven't felt so different from Huawei is probably because they've also hired a lot of Huawei's engineers. Maybe so. Yeah. Which would make a very rational. But the presentation was very Huawei. That was the oh yeah. That I mean, it was extremely was, technical and it, really boring in it a way. Felt very and early Huawei. Really days. long, and uh, my feedback is lighten up. And the and the, <laughs> and, the, and, the and the phrases they used and the flowery language. And the presentation, like yeah, the delivery, felt, right? Of it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they the the Huawei presentations. They were always. They never want to compete with Android. They're competing with Apple. So all their comparisons are versus Apple, iPhone 13. (laughs) They're doing side-by-side photos. They're like, well, look at what we can do versus what Apple can do. I know. And that's the same exact playbook Huawei was doing the last four or five years. Honor never used to do that. Never. They were like, we take great photos, and here's some pictures of some kids on a skateboard, and they're doing fun things with a camera. Go have fun with it. And they didn't do any of that. And as you said, that's what Realme is doing now. Yeah. Right? They're, they're doing that grassroots, you know, give some phones to some kids and make some content type thing. Realme's got, it's got a very punk rock vibe yeah. to me right now. I and Honor really had that it. four or five years ago. Yeah. I mean, look, I think these phones, by the way, there's an Honor Magic 4 non-pro as well, which is, I think, 900 euros, whatever it is. It's a lot of money. It still has most of the technology. I think the wireless charging and it's down like to 50, 50 watts. watts and then the uh, Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 still the, the telephone is drawn down to an 8 megapixel but it still has the two main 50 megapixels so you're not going to drop down too much going down 200 euros but the bottom line is you know this is the first phone from Honor where I'm like yeah this, this is like a, we're doing everything in the kitchen sink kind of like flagship no compromises so this is very exciting to me yeah. you know Anything else we liked from the show? I mean, I like, I tell you what I liked. Maybe we go through like things you like and didn't like. I liked the, of course, the Find X5 Pro was before MWC technically, and I knew it was coming because I'd been briefed. I love that phone. I'm really liking where they're going with their phones. I want them to do something though that can compete with Samsung because I feel like 
they were not going to be taken seriously if they don't do the spec sheet of Samsung. You know, I talked to them about that, and they're like, oh, we're not sure about that. I'm like, I think you should be sure about that. I think this is not on the table. This is a, this is a I, critical thing. I have a Xiaomi very, did it with the Mi 11 Ultra. They absolutely. went there, And right? they went further. Right? And they went further. Yep. I, I think, you know, I've had my S21 Ultra for a year, and it's going to be replaced by the 22, but I just have a very hard time now convincing myself that I can, I can no longer have that telephoto because I use it so much. Mm-hmm. And and there isn't really a phone that compares, and I wish there was. I agree. I agree. It's it's, it's, a, it's a game changer if you're doing a lot of photography and you need the versatility. Like I use most of my uh, well, I'm just switched to S22 Ultra, but I was using S21 Ultra, and I'm doing all my car photography with it for decorator, and then I use my Pixel for all my product photography for the phone stuff, and I use an iPhone for video. Like this is actually recording video right now, which is kind of funny. This because my iPhone runs out of storage all the time. And so I was like, this is like what 12 gigs, 512 or whichever version they sent me. I can like record video for the next day on this thing and it won't run out of space. I'll run out of battery first. But you know, I think to me, like Oppo being the flagship brand, and I kind of feel like we should talk about Vivo a little bit because Vivo has their own ISP silicon that they implemented with the X70 Pro Plus recently mm-hmm. and they have the gimbal which is kind of like in body stabilization because the sensor moves with the lens but it's not linear it's you know it's gimbal and their latest flagship has both insane wireless charging speeds and insane wireless charging speeds vivo never had wireless charging like they just didn't care about it yeah and they've got it now so i feel like even though they're detached in the bbk kind of uh you know they're the uh, most separated cloud star, you know star cloud or whatever you want to call it it's like to me they are the closest to compete because they have multiple telephotos they actually have two telephotos on their flagship yeah now they're not three ten and ten x they're two x and five x but they're there and the 2x is nice because it's a portrait lens they specifically say we use it for portraits yeah like they have it's the shallower optimized it has the optics for portrait so it's like a 50 millimeter type deal it's really i love taking portraits with the vivo cameras on the their flagship it's just a great experience so i think vivo needs to be talked about and the fact that eq uh whatever their sub brand iq whatever yeah, Correct. Launched a almost identical flagship to the X70 Pro Plus, but at 900 euros recently, like last week, called the EQ9 Pro or something. The one with the gigantic fingerprint sensor. And it has like half the it screen. is the yes. first EQ ever with wireless charging. Hmm. So, so they got so, wireless charging so and under screen. Oppo needs to be able to be compete with their own sub. Well, like neighbor or whatever you want to call it. It's, but it's do they weird. do they need to compete or just let their sister brand take that market segment? I mean, you can't compete in every the segment. The problem is that right? Vivo is not as popular in some markets, right? Like Europe oh, doesn't have Vivo yet, really. It does. But no, they do. They have a good presence not, in Europe. Oppo is no, Oppo is much bigger. You know what I'm but, saying? But Vivo, Vivo has probably 5 to 10% of so that the market share in Europe. That is my my argument for in favor of Oppo having a Find X5 Pro Plus. Added folded lens to that. I think one other thing we need to talk about, the Nubia Z40 Pro launched with MagSafe yeah, integration. Is it compatible to Apple MagSafe? I missed yeah, that. Yeah, so it, it has, <laughs> so it's Android's answer <laughs> to MagSafe. It's it's but slightly different. But we did it first. They had a magnetic wireless charger too, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, so, but this, this is going to be 
Compatible. It will be compatible with MagSafe devices. <laughs> and so if you want an Android phone... About that. Well, so over the last year and a half, we've seen so many Android devices that are like haphazardly, oh, a MagSafe thing might connect to it, <laughs> and it kind of dangles there, but then it falls off. This is the real deal, and it's Nubia, so it's not going to be available in the U.S. markets. Some in the European market, but not all markets within Europe. Go to China, buy yourself a Nubia, and you'll have a MagSafe-compatible Android device. Yeah. <laughs> to me, so beyond the Oppo Find X5 Pro, the Realme GT2 Pro is my another one that excites me this show. The Magic, the Honor Magic 4 Pro, of course. And, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like the Chinese just stole the show. Like, they just ate everyone alive from a consumer perspective i'm sure there's tons of stuff happening in enterprise here that and back end all the network well, you, you did samsung though there is nothing to talk about for samsung don't worry i mean <laughs> fighting words yeah, really i mean <laughs> do you think that what they brought to the table is going yeah. to change anything because samsung has those are phenomenal laptops, but they have like yeah. zero market share anywhere yeah, in the world just, so does it really targeting matter enterprise which i think is a big deal it, yeah. it is, but as I mentioned before, with the Lenovo stuff, enterprise is so hard to get in because they buy years they in advance. Buy they, they yeah. buy <laughs> Dell. Right. They only buy Lenovo. Or Dell. God forbid. Barely. But like, it, HP? for them to HP. let in a new brand that they've never used before, like the chances of that happening, like somebody that's saying, I'm going to buy 100,000 laptops is not going to say I'm going to buy a Samsung. Yeah, but there's still a starting point. I yeah. want to give uh, I want to give HPPR shout out for trying to pitch me stuff all month long before MWC that is completely unrelated to what I cover. <laughs> what like, are they, what are they enterprise, enterprise solutions. solutions. I got I got the pitch oh, as well. Yeah. They were they were like come to our booth for some HP enterprise solutions with 5G. I'm like not interested. Thank yeah. you HP. Um, but that's, I think that's HPE. Yeah, yes. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. HPE is a different but, company yeah. than HP is now. Yeah. So. Uh, we don't think I don't think we really have time to get into the Samsungs, but the bottom line is what are they called? Galaxy Book Two, Galaxy Book, Book 2, Two series, not to be confused with the previous Galaxy Book, Book Two, which had a Snapdragon eight fifty. Those are Intel. They're not helping yes, themselves. The new ones are yeah, Intel. These, these are Intel. But I mean, you same have, name, different chipset. It's okay. So yeah, you have the Galaxy Book Two Pro and Pro three sixty. Then there's a regular Galaxy Book Two that I think is about two hundred dollars cheaper. Um, then there's the business, which they're going to detail more. But later. it does have the AMOLED display, right? Yes. No, and the business is not. No, the business does, yeah. but the regular one does. And it looks amazing. It does. I will give them and that. It's it looks full amazing. HD, right? So it's not draining the battery as much. I mean, it would be nice to have a UHD option, at least in the 15 inch models. But full HD on 13 inch is pretty good. And it's not sucking down battery like most uh, OLED laptops do. It's got uh, 12 gen processors, 28 watt 12 gen processors in the Pro. Under two pounds on the thirteen inch pro. Under that's, that's like one point nine two pounds. So is this the first? Is this the first time Samsung's really getting aggressive about competing with the big boys? No, no, they've been trying for five yeah. years. This is pretty similar they just to the don't last sell. gen uh, then, pro. The, the full HD webcam and twelfth gen processor. The do you think difference. they're going to get somewhere this time? Since they've been doing it for five years, I don't. I don't. They're strategies. So, like, I mean, I as far as a laptop goes, it's very appealing. Yeah. I don't think the price the price is higher than what a lot of the competitors are doing within that segment because it is a premium tier device. Is it more appealing than a Mac with an right. M chip in it? Because no, right no, now, completely nothing not. Is more completely not. Okay. And as you're saying, well, it has Windows, so obviously it's more appealing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
You you can install <laughs> Google's new Chrome OS conversion for your Windows laptop yeah. and just make it a Chrome OS device. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's a very appealing device from as far as hardware goes. I just don't think the market will find it appealing. All right. Let's each... I, I picked mine. Let's each pick one when winner. I picked Apple. You... Dang. You can you be the same thing. The Lenovo. Well, I like the Lenovo, but that was that was what I was leading with. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually really liked what Oppo has done with the uh, Air Glass, their AR headset, in the sense that they are actually being very conservative with what they're trying to do with AR and where they're starting. Uh, a lot of companies are trying to bite off more than they can chew, uh, and Oppo is being very conservative with their approach and trying to understand the most basic experience and opportunities and build on that uh, instead of trying to build like a HoloLens first and then figure out how to use it. Um, so I think we're going to see more smartphone vendors coming with AR headsets. And I think Oppo's, you know, among the first, but um, yeah, it, it was really interesting to actually finally see it in person because it did the whole launch like virtually and you got to put your face in an AR headset. You can't just look at photos. Nick? I'm going to do a little shout out to TCL with their foldable display concepts. Yeah, that was like, cool. Yeah. They, they're still not ready to release the foldable, but they were showing off some new foldable slash rollable at the same time. Uh, fold 360 all the way around, fold it inward and outward. Uh, just showing off what they can actually achieve with the technology that they have and you know the different hinge designs and the different motors and mechanisms on the inside. TCL does sell their foldable displays to other OEMs. Yeah. So I'd imagine we're going to see other OEMs implementing some of these designs before TCL gets to it, which is good for the market and gives Samsung some competition on that end. Rich? Well, I would I would have said ThinkPad X13s early on if it wasn't said already. But like, I, <laughs> you know, you know me and the ARM laptops, it, it gets me hyped. But I'll go with, I'll go with Samsung because I those laptops are awesome. They're fantastic laptops. Are but you also, getting one? Yeah, eventually. Are you gonna uh, steal it and keep it? Just go to the booth. <laughs> yeah, I'll just move tomorrow from over there. It's fine. Uh, they're not you know nobody's watching over, over there or anything. <laughs> have you been to the Samsung booth? They, no, you have, no, to, scan weird. You have to go, you have inside. To go inside. Yeah, yeah. So getting it out of there should be fine. Yeah. <laughs> they know who you are. <laughs> but also the the business model is really interesting because just business PCs in general tend to be really interesting. A lot of time they just have features that I wish was on more consumer laptops, like cellular connectivity, which it'll have. And then of course they didn't tell us everything about it, which makes me more interested. <laughs> um, it's a shame that it's not AMOLED. But I understand why they did. They they prioritize a matte anti glare display instead. Uh, it's sixteen yeah. by ten. Makes so, sense. Yeah, it makes sense for the the market that they're pushing. But also the Galaxy Book Two Pro in general, one point nine two pounds is just wild. It's incredible. So, yeah. 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 What do they mean? Uh, magnesium? What are they doing for a chassis? Yeah, it's like a magnesium. Yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. about the lightest, strongest thing so, you can get, other than maybe titanium. But that's not easy to work with. Cheap or cheap or cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, there's that too. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should wrap it up, folks. Anshel, you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet? Sure. I'm on Twitter at Anshel Sog. Nick? I am on Twitter at Nick M. Gray, or you can find my work on fandroid.com or youtube.com slash fandroid. Rich? Twitter at the Rich Woods and xdadevelopers.com. Any uh, Instagram handles you guys want to throw out? 
Mine's the same. the same. Yeah. Really yeah. Same. <laughs> Add Nick M. Gray. You know, that's where the kids are these days. I'm making reels now. I'm, I'm making TikToks too. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, the talks, huh? TikToks and Instagram. Yeah. I, Wow. Well, so folks, you know where to find me on the internet, my Tank Girl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L, like the comic book character Tank Girl. Just drop the vowels. It's on Twitter and Instagram. So if you want to chat with all of us, do it on Twitter. And comment, tell us what you thought of the show or questions you have about the device since we all have them. And then, you know, Instagram is also the same, but it's uh, pictures of phones, pictures taken with phones, pictures of cars, all that kind of good stuff. There is two YouTube channels you should subscribe to, youtube.com slash podcast and youtube.com slash more. Uh, one is mostly phones and audio gear and unboxings. The other one is all the rest of the stuff. So like travel tech, car tech, home automation tech, Peripheral to mobile, but cool stuff. Please subscribe, like, you know, click the little notification bell, all that good stuff. Comment in the videos. You want to comment about the podcast and the videos. I welcome that. That's totally cool. The bottom line is, you know how YouTube works. I don't have to tell you how YouTube works. Now, the last thing is obviously that the podcast lives on mobiletechpodcast.com and on all the major apps out there for podcasting. So Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify. Please subscribe and tell your friends. And uh, if your app lets you rate or review the show, please consider doing that. It really helps. It's great. And uh, of course, I wouldn't be complete without Patreon. I mentioned it earlier. If you want to really help this podcast out and contribute financially, Patreon is a way to go. Patreon.com slash tankrl or patreon.com slash tnkgrl. We've got a bunch of different tiers. One gives you access to a Discord server. One gives you access to the video version ahead of time. Less edits, a little more raw, and you get to see the devices and us talk and interact. It's a lot of fun. So consider helping me with Patreon. And I want to thank all my existing patrons. Nobody joined this week, so maybe you'll be the one to join this time around. So yeah. And then, uh, of course, I also want to thank our Sponsor, Audible. Audible's been with us since the early days, and they're great. They are the number one, like the de facto audiobook platform. If you love books, like as much as I do, but you don't want to read them. You are tired, you're in front of your computer all day, or you're on a road trip, you're driving, you need to keep your eyes on the road. You know, you want a book read to you. And this is what Audible does. These are great. They have an incredible selection of books. A lot of books read by the authors. They have some short stories, some podcasts. It's a whole universe out there waiting for you. You get a 30-day free trial. You get to keep a book at the end. Whether you stay or not, consider helping me out. AudibleTrial.com slash mobile tech. That's AudibleTrial.com slash mobile tech. Click through there, sign up, and enjoy all the books. And enjoy having some beautiful voice read to you while your eyes are closed in your business class seat flying back from Barcelona. Oh, it's wonderful. So check out Audible. I want to thank them for being our longtime sponsor. And I want to thank you all for paying attention and listening. We'll be back next week with another show. Thanks, folks, all of you, for being my guests. Really appreciate it. Thank you. It's a and pleasure. Good, goodbye from Barcelona, MWC. We'll catch you next time. Cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.